Okay, good afternoon. So welcome to, um, welcome to today's webinar. Uh, what we're gonna be talking about is um, five ways to make better decisions using um, long-term industry analyst trends. And in particular, we're gonna be gearing that around the analyst value survey, looking at some of the insight in the analyst value survey and where we go from here. Just an, as an introduction, uh, my name is Duncan Chappell. I'm the uh, managing partner here at uh, here at Kia Company, and for the last uh, 15 or so years, I've been running the Analyst Value Survey. So this is the major survey, or well, the only survey, in fact, and the only longitudinal study in particular that asks um, the users of analyst firms how they use these firms, what they feel about these analyst firms, where they get value uh, from. Um, in, the, um, uh, in the last 15 years, we've conducted the survey annually, and some of the insights from the survey have been gathered together in reports, which we make available, but also in, in books, um, Influencer Relations, Insight on Analyst Value, most recently came out in its second edition earlier, earlier this year. Uh, my colleague uh, Sven Lucke worked with me on, this, uh, on, on that book. And then um, my uh, former Hewlett-Packard uh, uh, client, Ralph Leinemann, and I wrote Industry Analyst Relations and Extension to PR, also a book which is drawing together a lot of the data-driven insights that we, that we have from the, from the survey over the years. Many of the people on the call will be familiar with the survey. Uh, but I just want to outline some of the key uh, elements about it. Where have these data come from on the, on the basis of which we're, we're making these comments about, about long-term trends? So um, firstly, the Analyst Value Survey is the only survey of analysts' users, certainly the only one that we're aware of, the only one that is, that is publicly available. And it's a longitudinal study, so we conduct it uh, every year. And it's focused on, uh, on everyone who's using analysts for any valuable activity. But we're not only interested in the research that is being used for purchasing by purchasing managers, but we're looking at the broad use of people who are consuming and, and obtaining value from analyst firms. And a particular interest of ours has been telling the difference between premium research and freemium research. So between the research that you are paying to access, typically through subscriptions, and the free research that you are, are getting if you, you know, are given something by a friend, or if you find something online, or if you're given something by a vendor. And of course, some individual research items are consumed both in a, in a freemium way and in a premium way. So imagine if you look for a Gartner Magic Quadrant, for example, unless it's about a marginal topic that's of less interest to vendors, like, I don't know, Europe, for example, um, you know, that Gartner Magic Quadrant, you can probably find it somewhere licensed by, by a vendor. Um, so a lot of research, even of the biggest firms, is being consumed in a freemium way by people who are not paying the analyst firm to consume it. And it's because we've seen that most analyst value now is being accessed outside of subscriptions that we do this report in order to help analyst firms, to help market intelligence professionals, and to help the users of analyst research to better get value from, uh, from, the, from the study. Um, some people are saying that they can't get sound. Okay, hang on. 
Um, just typing in, is there an issue with sound into the into the into the thing? Um, if you can hear me, can you can you type into the um, You type in. You can hear me. Okay, good. Okay, good. Good, good, good. Okay. Good. Okay. I just got worried there because I could see some people asking if there was uh, asking if there was sound. Good. Thanks for letting me know. Um, if you um, if you don't have sound, uh, please. Um, that's not a problem at my end anyway. Oof, that's a relief. Uh, but please email me, and I'll make sure that you can get a replay if you if you have problems with the uh, if you have problems with the sound. Um, the other thing that I should say, obviously, it's, it's a webinar. I've got to be selling something. Um, so the report is available for purchase. In today's webinar, I'm going to be talking about the 2018 report, which we will put on sale on September the 10th. If you buy the 2019 report uh, before then, you will get the 2018 report for free. And of course, you'll also get the 2019 report. So you can buy it either from, from, from this panel in the, in the webinar, or you can go to influencerrelations.com forward slash shop and buy it there. If you need more context, you can also go to, um, uh, you can go to analystrelationssurvey.com. Um, if um, so, Doug has just typed into the into the into the platform that there is is no sound for him. Is there a hidden volume button? I must admit, I don't know how to. Obviously, I've got a different interface. So, if anyone has, if anyone can tell me, how did you turn on your sound? Did you have a problem with sound? Then please let me know. Um, I'm just writing a note today that I can't explain his sound issue, but um, but uh, trichrome always the issue, always the answer. Um, interesting, fascinating. Wow, sorry guys, sorry Safari Safari users, um, and I can't. I can't explain uh, your sound issue, but please use a different browser. Now this will be like a super smooth recording, uh, better. So enough uh, throwing, throwing shade at people who are using. Um... Ah, okay, Christian, thanks. You refreshed the site and then the sound worked. Okay, that's really good to know. Thank you. Um, so yeah, good. Okay, so now I'm gonna I'm gonna roll in and kind of step through these these five points uh, that we that we think that are are particularly interesting or, or notable and easy to show show anyway using uh, using using the data. And in these five points that we're making, five decisions that you can make more easily using the data 
from the uh, from the analyst value survey. Some of these are observations which count for, for vendors. Some of these are observations that count for market intelligence professionals. Some of them are vendors which count for uh, people who work for, for analyst firms. I'm going to step into the first observation, which kind of, I mean, I suppose from, from every observation, there's an insight, uh, a valuable insight for somebody. One of the things that we've seen in the, in the 2018 uh, data, which I should say we collected both at the end of 2017 and at the beginning of 2018. So actually that the survey is the 2017-2018 survey, then the report will be the 2018 report. Um, what we found is that it's actually mid-sized analyst firms that are fastest uh, growing in uh, in terms of their share of uh, share of voice. There's a lot of statistics along the way. I can only apologize in advance about that, but please type uh, questions or type chat or follow up with me afterwards if there's anything here that might not be clear. There's a pile of data here. If everything is clear, I'll be I'll be kind of I'll be kind of impressed. So I think one of the big problems is um, where can users find better insight? Basically, what we see is a lot of people who are using analyst firms are not particularly happy with the analyst firms that they're using. And in particular, when we look at high growth topics, the topics that are being used much more this year than they were last year, uh, users of research are generally pretty, um, uh, well, are rather less happy with that research than are people who are consuming research on maybe something more like late majority topics. And in particular, what we see is that people involved in evaluation and selection of, of products are, um, are really struggling to piece together the picture that they get in, in analyst research. And people involved in, 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 in shortlisting selection buying, they are using more and more and more analysts than, than they ever did. This means that the, the share of voice that the big analyst firms have is changing. So here's a chart which I must admit, I, I think it's easy to understand, but I've, you know, we, we, we've had a lot of, we've, we've had a lot of issues with it. Uh, let me try and explain it. What we're interested in seeing is professionals and they use analyst firms, they use more analyst firms every year. How can, how can we visualize this? So the notion, the kind of currency, I suppose, that we have is the use channel. Yeah. So imagine uh, I use eight firms, you use 10 firms. Together we have what I call 18 use channels. Yeah. So there are channels through which you are consuming firms with which you are uh, getting analyst, analyst value. And there's a very different pattern to the distribution of influence today from 20 or uh, 10 years ago. Buyers are using twice as many firms as they uh, as they used to. And of course, the premium firms are always going to be more influential because if I um, if I concern if I'm subscribing to Gartner, I get a Gartner Magic Quadrant, I'm probably going to be able to have a conversation. I'll probably be sure that this Magic Quadrant is the right Magic Quadrant, it's the appropriate one. There are other pieces of research that I'll be uh, that I'll be consuming. Even if I'm reading the same thing, it's more valuable for me if I'm a paying customer. And so premium firms are more, are more useful. If I'm using eight firms and I'm paying for three of them and I'm not paying for eight of them, I'll be, uh, and I'm not paying for the other five, I'll be, I'll be weighing up those eight differently. I'll see them differently. 
But it's a fact that I'm not happy only with the premium firms. I'm consuming more and more research that I'm finding in other ways. I'm being given it by vendors. I'm being given it by your competitors. I'm being given it by my cousin. I'm, 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 finding, it, I'm finding it through, through, uh, through Google. But of course, as you get away from those purchasing managers, the reality is that, that many other managers simply don't have access to premium firms. So the four firms that are most used, these are the ones in, in kind of orange, they represent a quarter of all of these used channels. So more than anyone else, there are these four firms. They have a quarter of, of, uh, uh, of, uh, of this. So absolutely, in, in, in this instance, it might be, you know, Bob is using Gartner, Steve is using, using Gartner. That's two channels through which Gartner is influencing people. So we have to count those. We have to count those extra. So what we're looking at is not just the fact that some firms are used by, uh, not just that some firms are bigger, we're looking at how these firms are used and how many people they are used by. So it's not just the Gartner is the most used firm, it's most used and used by more people. Those top four firms have a quarter of all of the used channel, channels. When we look at the next uh, six, the next six together have a quarter of all of the used channels. So if we add them together, these 10 firms have half of the consumer's use channels. That's quite a lot. But uh, it would have been more a few years ago. Yeah? In particular, before people started kind of using search engine optimization, before vendors started using content marketing programs to push the adoption of analyst firms so aggressively, it would have been different. Here are some numbers that are going to annoy some people who work for analyst firms, and, and, I, and I don't mean them in the bad way, and let me explain them straight away, because what I'm looking at is the share of the pie. Now, the, the pie is growing, right? More people are reading Gartner this year than read it five years ago, but its share of all of the use channels, you know, the percentage of all use channels that are focused only on Gartner, that is falling. Even though it's got more readers, everyone's got more readers, Gartner's got a smaller slice of the pie, even though the pie is growing. And that's not just, uh, that's not just, um, uh, that's not just the issue for Gartner, it's the issue for, 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 uh, for everyone. And what we find is that actually people who are involved in, in buying, uh, buying uh, activities, in, in evaluation and in purchasing, don't seem to be necessarily that much more influenced with or that much more delighted with the premium firms that they're consuming. And in fact, the growth is happening in midterm, is happening in the mid-range firms. Here's a chart that kind of summarizes some of that. So imagine we've got that, the first quartile firms, those, those four or five firms that are most used, second quartile firms, together these two top quartiles have got half of all of the use, but then you look at where the growth is, the growth is in the second quartiles and the third, the, the third quartile and the fourth quartile. So it's not a consistent uh, pattern. Uh, some of these firms are moving up, some of these firms are moving down, but generally, even though the firms in the first quartile, they're not really shrinking, quite the opposite, their, their readership is, 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 is stable or maybe even slightly growing, but what we see is that they've got 87% of the overall share of the pie that they had uh, last year. And for the second quartile, 89%, so a slightly smaller decline, but still a decline. Then if we look at the firms in the third quartile, they've actually grown their readership quite substantially, some of them really, really substantially. And then in the fourth quartile, 138% growth for the fourth quartile firms. So just to give you a feeling that that, that fourth quartile of firms is, is probably something 
like I don't know, like the firms that are in like the thirtieth largest to the sixtieth largest, something like that. So it's all quite large firms, you know, firms with ten, twenty, thirty people, perhaps, are in uh, are, are in are in this bottom are in this bottom quartile. But that long tail is growing and it's gaining readers as freemium gets more usage. Here's an example of the firms in the uh, in the in the fourth quartile. And the um, and the use that we see here, higher up you are, the more you're used, lower down, the less you're used. Strategy analytics was the number number 33 most used firm, for example. And some of these organizations are have dramatically grown their, their readership. Uh, like you can see Quocerca, Hurwitz, you know, their readership has more than doubled over the last year. And partly that's because of um, of their efforts. But it's really also because of vendors. You know, it's because of the way that vendors are taking uh, content and, uh, and, uh, and, and they're pushing it out. And they're pushing it out more in all of the geographies of the survey. So when we look at the breakdown of the survey, normally we're getting about 40% of people who are taking the survey from the, from the Americas, about 40% in the EMEA region, about 20%, a little bit less than 20% in the Asia Pacific region. Everywhere, the growth of freemium is rising. And it's, it's rising especially quickly in the places where the analyst firms don't have the most penetration. So readership isn't growing as quickly in the United States, for example, where the analyst firms are heavily based and they are, um, and they are um, working uh, and they're working with vendors in order to, to amplify their reach and vendors are using this content in order to get more, more connections. So what does this mean? What does it mean for, for users who are trying to get better insight uh, and are maybe frustrated by the quality of research that they're getting from the firms that, that the most obvious firms that they are using? Well, firstly, they should look at firms that are growing their user base. And we certainly have that information in the Alice Value Survey, not just about the firms that I've mentioned, but about you know a very wide range of firms. And we're looking also at the firms that are producing the highest value. So using the analyst value survey, clients are able to see which of the firms that seem to be kind of winning in the market, that have got momentum. These are probably the ones that have got higher, uh, higher, uh, you know, better usability. But then which are the ones where the clients really say that they've got high, high value? You can use the survey to find, to find that out. Then, of course, we've also seen that these mid-sized firms are growing their influence in many ways, but the largest way that they're doing it is simply by growing their user base. And so the challenge for analyst firms is, you know, how can you link these things together? Yeah? Analyst firms are struggling to increase their revenues. And even if they gain readers, most of those new readers don't pay. So that's a problem. How can you use the insight in the survey in order to, to, work, uh, to work this out? You know, a big part of the problem is that the growth is happening in organizations which tend to be a bit smaller. So this chart shows uh, how large the organizations are that have taken uh, our survey. And what you see is that actually a, a lot of these are in, are in mid-sized organizations. Okay, most of them are in enterprises with more than a thousand people, but actually a little bit over 40% of them are in, are in the SMB sector. And, and actually around a quarter of them are really in SMEs, you know, really in organizations that are relatively small and probably won't be writing big checks to, to Gartner uh, because few organizations with 200 people, I mean, apart from maybe small vendors, very few of those are gonna be uh, engaging in a subscription uh, arrangement with, uh, with analyst firms. So the opportunity for analyst firms is to see 
well, what kind of freemium use can you get where you're going to be able to monetize that the most? And our solution is this, to create value in the blind spots. Yeah. So there's a lot of freemium research available, and that freemium research tends to be the content that is most valuable for vendors. It's most valuable for vendors to license that content, put it behind registration forms so they can harvest that names, and they can pass those through to salespeople or content marketing professionals. We think there are two areas that analyst firms need to be putting uh, more, more, uh, more effort into. Firstly, the topics where the demand side is consuming more research than the supply side. So there are some issues where people who are working for operators or people who are working for, for, for enterprises or for big public sector organizations, I must admit, I rather loosely talk about all of these things as enterprises when they're simply different kinds of demand side organizations. The demand side is consuming research on some topics more than the, than the, than the vendors are. The vendors aren't really thinking about those topics so much. And then there are topics where there's a lot of research about, but actually it's not that good. Uh, there's a lot of stuff available on topics, and, and really, I think looking at, at some of these topics, you can see these are topics where a lot of the content that's available is written with vendors in mind. Yeah, a lot of it, you know, um, market shares, trend stuff. A lot of it is written in the tone of voice of the vendor, and not really addressing the needs of of users. So you can use the insight in the analyst value survey, which talks about I think something like sixty or seventy different topic areas. And it is assessing all of these and the data are there to be able to see where the blind spots are, where analyst firms can not just create content which is more compelling for users, so users will be more likely to pay for it, but also because it's more compelling for users, it's actually going to be more effective uh, uh, content to, to sell reprints with and to sell it for content marketing campaigns by, by vendors or by people in the channel. So the solution for analysts is write the content that other people aren't writing, write the content that people can't find. So understand that the supply side proactively is not necessarily going to be getting you uh, the right suggestions about the content you should be writing. So increasingly, you have to listen to the voice of the customer in order to find out what research they need and what are the problems that end users have. They're probably different from the ones that vendors want you to write about in research on the topic. So the other thing which kind of flows from this is mid-sized firms grow influence by leveraging analyst experience. And again, this is something which has changed a lot over the last few years, over the last decades, in fact. When we started doing the survey, we asked people, what do you value the most from analysts? And they would say, well, we value research. We, we value events. We value SAS days. Now, the answers are a little bit more emotional and are more experience oriented. People say, well, we, we value people who really know the market. We value people who understand our problems. We, 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 we value analysts who can anticipate the kinds of problems that we're facing in, in, our, in our organization. So they're not consuming formats in the same way because uh, people play around, play across formats so much, so much more, so much more flexibly. They're really looking more and more for uh, for insight. There's a problem though. There's a problem for analyst firms, which is that it really looks like bad research drives out good. So, you know, how are people going to perceive that you have this experience? How are they going to know it when there's so much junk available 
And really, if you think of the content that analyst firms license, you know, some of it may be, you know, high quality, super expensive stuff. Others might be maybe cheap and cheerful. All they want to do is put it on a registration form and get and get the email addresses. They may not care about the quality. So it may be the cheaper, more easily read content that is being amplified uh, by the uh, by the by the vendors. So the research varies in quality and traditional users in IT and MI are still the ones who are most likely to have access to premium research. And when we look at what vendors are licensing, you know, vendors license the stuff that's super oriented towards selection, that you can get almost every magic quadrant. OK, maybe not every magic quadrant about Europe, but, you know, every magic quadrant about uh, about North America, at least. You're probably going to be able to find that for free behind some vendors uh, a reprint page. But the really strategic stuff, that is hard to find. And the challenge is that the firms that are purely generating content in a freemium model, actually, they don't tend to be, uh, they don't tend to be that great. Um, here's another chart that, 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 that people uh, might find a bit, uh, a bit upsetting. So um, this chart, further over to the left you are, the more the then the more the users say that they get high value from you, so Gartner is the most valuable. The more over to the right hand side, the more the people who use you say that the value is rather low. So um, Aberdeen Group, uh, Deloitte, uh, My Alma, Marta, PwC, Frost and Sullivan. Okay, they don't seem to be doing really good. But then the higher up you are, the more the people who are buying from you are are non vendors. Yeah, people on the people on the demand side. And the lower down they are, the more likely they are to be vendors. So obviously, I've had to play around with the with the scales here to make these dots a little bit more visible. If if I had like one to one hundred on all of the uh, charts, all of these dots would really be in a big smudge in the in the middle. So I've spaced it out. It's obviously not the case that IDC is consumed only by vendors, and that Deloitte is consumed only by 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 uh, by people on the demand side I, i'm looking at the ratio between these things here and actually most of the traditional analyst firms have got a rather similar balance between vendors and non-vendors in their readership in their user base not necessarily in their client base um but uh, there's a big difference in value an awfully big difference in value and you have to connect that up with what is it that people are consuming research about so pretty much everybody who responded to the survey tells us that they're using the survey to maintain awareness and for strategic planning. And then a little bit more than half of them are using it for evaluation and decision. And then a large minority uh, around what, uh, what, you know, what, one in one in eight, one in one in four is using it either for budget planning or for or for delivery. So there's a wide range of things that people are using analyst research for. But actually what analyst firms don't really realize is that, and what vendors don't really realize, is that it's, it's, it's not only the stuff about selection, it's not just vendor and provider comparisons that are going to be enthusiastically consumed by people on the, on the demand side. So I think the challenge both for analyst firms and for vendors when they're thinking about which content they should be licensing in order to get, uh, in order to win thought leadership and in order to provide value to end users, it's actually they need to sit back and focus on all of the use case scenarios. Yeah, so to think about, you know, how can managers 
build awareness? How can they build a strategic notion of, of what is going on? What are the nitty gritties of, of implementation and of negotiation? Not just how can I compare these products? Vendors, of course, love that because they're going to be mentioned in a product evaluation, but they're going to get much more traction with their content marketing if they're producing content that is, that is valuable. And then for analyst firms, of course, it's not just the content. It's also usability. And many people find that the usability of, of analyst firms is, is extremely uh, uneven, even if you're a premium uh, customer. And then the humanization of analysts makes a big difference. You know, some firms, the analysts are just names. You have no idea about what they are. You don't have a real sense of strong opinion. But what we see with many of the freemium firms is that they are you know, human. They're exposing the individuals who see their opinion, their personalities are even quite provocative. The fourth area is, is how can vendors use the analyst value survey to grow their own influence? And in particular, how can they grow it through, through mid-sized firms? So um, there are some real problems there. Yeah? Premium analysts are rising in cost. Uh, you as a vendor know this, you have to increase your net Content, your, your net contract value every year. And that's the same for people on the enterprise. And that means that the number of people who uh, want analyst access is much, much greater than the number of seats that the organization can afford to uh, pay for. Reprints and seats get more costly. And that means that in many organizations, even research from premium firms like Gartner and Forrester and IDC will most often be consumed through freemium uh, channels. And so organizations can't rely on uh, on building strong relationships only with freemium uh, analysts. It's especially complicated from an, from an analyst relations point of view. You know, if, if you work at Gartner, you're getting at least twice as many calls from vendors as you are if you're an analyst who works at Forrester, say, or at IDC. So the, the effort that it takes for a vendor to convince an analyst is so much greater because analysts at the big firms have so much more information coming in, both from the demand side and from the supply side. You can actually influence the mid-size analyst firms much more easily than you can influence uh, the large firms. And okay, you get a bigger bite of the cherry if you move Gartner over, but actually you could easily imagine, you know, maybe in your market Gartner has 20, 30% of analyst influence. Maybe if you put the effort into, uh, into four or five mid-size firms that you put into Gartner, you'd make a massive move in the market. Again, here's, a, here's this pie chart data uh, presented in a, in, a, in a different way. Yeah? So you've got, um, in terms of the firms that are, um, that they use the most, yeah? that's a little bit different from the pie chart. Pie chart data earlier on was how many firms do you use? And then this asks about the firms that you use the most. And so where we see there, um, you know, in terms of these these use paths, you know, five firms make up the top quartile, 13, uh, 13 firms make up the top half, yeah? But then actually 17 firms are in the third quartile, 26 firms are in the, uh, are in the fourth quartile. There's still a lot of influence being, being held there. It's not the case that just one firm has most of the influence or that just uh, five firms has half of the, half of the usage. 
there's something much more complex going on. And it's getting more complex as these mid-sized firms amplify their readership and uh, year after year after year build trust and, and build awareness. In this chart, I've separated out the 60 firms that we collected the most data about in the analyst value survey into tiers. You know, so the top tier is uh, 15 firms, so is the second tier, so is the third tier, so is the fourth tier. And you know, I made the point that the rate at which these firms are growing their readership, their usage base is, is different. Yeah? But some firms are growing their, their usage base more quickly and others are growing them a little bit more slowly. So in the 15 most used firms, you can see Data Monitor, Constellation, Aberdeen, firms you could definitely say are freemium firms, they're growing their usage uh, the most. Everest, HFS Research, Gartner, they are, I'm sure, all growing their usage base, but their share of use is falling, yeah? even at Gartner, even at HFS, even at Everest. And these firms are going to be turning more towards kind of cross-selling into their existing uh, base. So you see Gartner building, uh, uh, the, uh, uh, building uh, up attraction with the corporate executive board. You see uh, HFS moving more into events. You see Everest Group trying to build up more research across more topics. Uh, and you see similar things as you go into into the, into the lower tiers. The firms that are growing, they're the ones in the red chevrons here, the ones that are growing faster than the other firms in that tier. Uh, these are firms that tend to be really understanding ways of working with vendors, doing freemium, and in particular, uh, getting vendors to distribute their content, getting vendors to do the search engine optimization, getting, getting vendors to push your content uh, out, managing press releases. The firms that are not doing that tend to be firms that have got either cleaner hands or their business models are less likely to adapt, or they've just got smaller sales teams which are less uh, well suited at selling into the into the into the vendor into the vendor market. So what's the um, uh, so um, so Forrester? Um, since someone asked, it is obviously in, in, in tier one. Yeah. So it's uh, it's neither. Uh, so you know there are sixty firms in this. In each of these tiers, I'm just listing the six firms that have moved the most inside each tier. Each tier contains fifteen firms. So Forrester, it's definitely in tier one. That's not a surprise to anybody. It's in the middle of, of, this, uh, of this top tier. So growing its readership roughly at the same pace as others in this, in this tier. But what does that mean? Well, it means that firms that are growing, that's a typo, I should say faster. Firms that are growing faster than average, they're going to be boosting their prices. And they're going to be focusing, focusing on growing use. Firms that are growing slower than average will be looking to cross-sell. So what you need to do is focus on best value. Yeah? Look at the firms that are delivering uh, value for the people already in your organization. Don't imagine that it's only the firms that you subscribe to are going to be used. And see, are there ways that you can maximize the, the readership of high-quality freemium? Can your organization be curating, proactively drawing attention of your, client, of your, of your internal clients to high-quality content? If you're a vendor, what can you be doing to draw the attention of your clients and prospective clients to high quality freemium content to make sure that low quality content with better search engine optimization isn't driving the best content out of the market? The last point I want to make is really oriented at market intelligence 
users and in particular market intelligence users who who have to uh, allocate allocate budgets um you can use analyst value uh in, in in many ways but so many market intelligence professionals uh, have got a background of being uh, uh, librarians, of being gatekeepers, where you have to write the books, uh, sorry, you have to buy the books uh, that the people who come to your library want to borrow. But now people are coming in, they're sitting down, they need guidance in, in how to find stuff for themselves. They're not just reading the repository of information you have, they are mostly consuming just stuff that they've found, stuff that they have been given. So market intelligence users also have to pick up on this on, on this work of finding out how to use free new research to maximize analyst value. Absolutely, there'll be some content that you won't be able to find uh, easily. You have to focus your budget on the high quality stuff that you can't get for free. And then your organization and your colleagues, you have to fill your boots with the free content that that, that is uh, that that is available. Of course, that's compounded by rising costs. Um, if you were, uh, a if you've been a client of, of Gartner or Forrester, if your organization's been buying from Gartner or Forrester for 10 or 20 years, you know, you, your spend on those firms will have you know, doubled, tripled, quadrupled if you're consuming even a fraction of the value that you did uh, decades ago. Uh, you know, most of these organizations have at least doubled the access per seat. They've closed down uh, enterprise-wide kind of community pricing models. They've segmented their research more and more. They've kept more and more research out of the general pool. It's getting more and more expensive. If only that was the only problem, though. The other problem is that the, the value of the research that people are consuming is really, really uneven. So here I've got not all of them, uh, as I mentioned, we, we look at 60, 70 different topics. Here I've got, I think, the 25 or 30 topics that people are using the most. So the further over to the left you are on this chart, uh, the less the topic is used, the further you are to the right, the more the topic is being used by, by the users of analyst terms. And the higher up you are, the happier people are uh, with, the, with the research. So optical network research, People seem pretty happy about that. But then the research that's lower down, research on, on marketing, on business strategy, on, on analytics, actually, you know, people, I mean, okay, you know, 5.5 out of, out of 10, that's not a terrible score, but it's definitely not a great score. It's definitely not an excellent score. Some of the value, uh, some of the value uh, in, in analyst research is not strongly evident to the people who are consuming uh, analyst research. And that is particularly uh, different across vertical markets. Um, so there's no reason for this. You know, we see that basically people in the organizations over on the left, in the vertical markets over on the left-hand side, sorry, these letters are really small. Let me read these out for you. So in, in transport, in healthcare, in manufacturing, in financial services, in telecommunications, in these organizations, they tend to be a little bit happier with the analyst research that they're getting. And then over on the right-hand side, mass media, energy, uh, defense, computing, and electronics, they tend to be a little bit less happy. And actually, you can see there's a super strong correlation there with the size of the organization. So the bar at the top is organizations that are 10,000 plus. The second bar down is 5,000 plus. The third bar down is 1,000 plus. So you can see that 
uh, in some organizations, there are a lot of very, very large, very large companies. And these large companies are much more likely to have premium subscriptions. And that means they're much more likely to be getting high value. But then in smaller organizations, they're less likely to subscribe. They'll be more dependent on premium. They're going to get less value from it. Now, that's another really important trend for market intelligence professionals. You have to kind of think a, a little bit about where your organization is. Are there, are there maybe, uh, is it maybe the case that vertical research simply won't be so easily available uh, for the research uh, problems that your users are coming to you for help with? So that means that you have to have to balance spend. I mean, it, it's going to take a long time for most analyst relations professionals to align their spend with where the value is coming from. You know, uh, most of the organizations we speak to, maybe they are getting 20 to 30 percent of, of all of the analyst value that everyone in, in their organization is consuming. They're getting 20 to 30 percent of that value from Gartner, much more than from anybody else. But actually, their spend on market intelligence is much more than 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 twenty five percent, say, of their overall market intelligence spend. Normally, they're spending much more than that, and you can't reduce your spend on Gartner to twenty five percent of the of the total without um, without a lot of complaints along the way. Mostly, uh, most obviously, from your account manager who's counting on your spend to buy you know a flat screen TV for the mother in law and and, and and that kind of thing. But in the long term, you should not be paying more than the research is worth for you. In the long term, you have to be maximizing the use of free research and then spending your money on the stuff that you can't get and then spending money on, on research more or less in, in line with how much uh, how valuable it is. And if something is much more valuable uh, than, than you are paying for it, then obviously keep on buying it. But if, it's, if it is much more expensive than the value that you get from it, then you probably need to start a long-term strategy. You can't do this straight away, but you need a long-term strategy. You can use the analyst value survey to say, look, there are other firms who are producing highly rated research on our topics. What are the topics that matter to us? What are the topics where we are not getting the most value? Which analyst firms are producing the best research on those topics? Can we have trial subscriptions? Can we have uh, trial engagements with, the, with those firms? Okay, I just want to draw uh, a few things, uh, a few things together because it's quarter two, and I wanted to end actually at, uh, at quarter two in case we had, in case you had questions or, or comments. But I just want to uh, put up a, a, a final, a final slide uh, about the analyst value survey and to encourage people to. Um, oh no, 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 no! It's 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 at the other end of the presentation. Okay, I'm not going to put that up. Um, what I want to do is just is just talk through um, again some of the. Uh, in fact, I'm going to have to. I'm sorry about this. I'm going to have to go all the way back to the presentation. Okay, so um, so the analyst value survey, as I mentioned, we publish it every uh, every uh, every year. The 2018 report is still unpublished. This is a preview. Uh, webinar, uh, we found um, that well. You know, no, normally we announce our analyst firm awards in kind of middle middle of September. We'll be doing it on September the the tenth, along with the uh, publication of the, of the of the result. The study is so valuable for us because it's the only survey of analyst users, or at least the only one that you can buy. I mean, maybe there are others. I'm, I'm not aware of others. Um, and it's focused on the value that people are getting out of out of analyst firms. 
We've got a special offer uh, on uh, at the moment between now and September the 10th. You can buy the 2017 report and get the 2018 report for free when that comes out on, on September the on September the 10th. Okay, so that's the that's the point that I wanted to uh, to conclude on. I also just wanted to give you my email address if you've got questions or comments, uh, let me know. Please um, type into the chat or type into the questions panel if you have any any comments or questions. And I'll just pause for a minute and have a sip of my tea to see if people have any kind of closing thoughts or, or comments. And I'll take a peek at the email as well, just in case anyone's emailed in any, any problems or questions. Okay, so if there, are, if there are no questions, I just want to draw attention to the yellow button on the web panel. You can book time for a follow-up call with me. So if you're, if you're on this webinar, if you want to know more about, about the data in the survey, or if you want uh, to find out more about the Analyst Value Survey, you can tell I'm a big fan of people buying that, then feel free to click the button, book, book 15 minutes or, or half an hour with me. I'd be delighted to talk through things uh, with you. Uh, of course, you can purchase the report, that's also really, uh, really, really wonderful as well. Thank you so much for your time and for your uh, attendance today. If everything goes well, we will have a recording of this webinar. Unfortunately, it'll probably include lots of comments about is the sound working or is the sound uh, not working? Uh, the, the presentation, uh, I think, prob I don't know if the presentation will be available. Obviously, there's a lot of data in there that we want to sell. In the in the report, so I think maybe what we might do is is end up putting up a kind of slimmed down version of the of the presentation uh, online, and uh, and then seeing where we go from uh, from there. Um, okay, thank you so much for your time. If you've got other questions, other comments that you want to uh, you want to share with us, then let us know. And uh, thank you so much for your time. Okay, bye bye.